Welcome to Bradley's Micro Board Review, where we try to make your board's review for microbiology a little less painful. But, I mean, we're not magicians or anything. This still sucks. Malazasia furfur is the causative fungal agent of Tinea versicolor, or Petriasis versicolor. I actually prefer to call this Petriasis versicolor because Malazasia furfur is not a dermatophyte which are the tenias, so calling it tenia versicolor can get confusing. Malazasia furfur normally chills on human skin. It requires lots of oils in its environment, so it really likes to live near sebaceous glands and eats the oil that is secreted, which is just really disgusting. Because of this, if you're trying to culture this organism, you have to culture it in auger supplemented with olive oil. It's also the reason that patients who receive lipid transfusions are particularly susceptible to developing this condition. Sometimes neonates with really low birth weights or critically ill neonates are given total parenteral nutrition, which is a mixture of amino acids and lipids given through a catheter. Therefore, these patients can be susceptible to this organism as well. Malazasia furfur is a dimorphic fungi which is typically found in a weird middle state because it's located on the skin of humans, not inside where the fungi would be growing at 37 degrees Celsius. So Malazasia furfur is typically found as a cluster of spherical yeasts near hyphal structures that are described as spaghetti and meatballs. Malazasia furfur is found worldwide, but is typically diagnosed in the tropics simply because it's hot and wet and the humans there sweat more often, providing more food for the fungus. It is transmitted through direct contact with the skin. This fungus eats the lipids and produces more acids. These acids destroy melanocytes, causing the skin to become hypopigmented. These skin lesions are irregular, well demarcated, with fine scales. Pitreon is Greek for scale, scale like a lizard, not a mass-determining device. Oftentimes, in people with darker skin, these lesions can appear hypopigmented, but in patients with lighter skin, these lesions appear pink and are only obvious when these individuals tan. These lesions are not itchy like dermatophytes, so that helps differentiate them from the dermatophytes. To diagnose, it is typically clinical, but to be sure, you can do a skin scraping and a KOH wet mount and look for the yeast and hyphal elements. You can also use a wood lamp, which uses UV light and cause the fungus to fluoresce a yellow color even while on the skin. Treatment is very simple and only requires bathing with selenium sulfide shampoo for at least a week. However, since this is a normal floral agent, it's very likely that reoccurrence happens, so follow-up is important. Now let's take all that knowledge and bring it to the boards. A 28-year-old male presented with a two-week history of rash on his upper arms. Vital signs are normal. Past medical history is not relevant. Physical examination reveals a patient with mostly lighter skin with multiple non-puritic, discrete, one to four centimeter salmon-colored irregular round slightly scaly patches on both forearms. 
Skin scraping with a KOH wet mount reveals the presence of yeast cells. What is the fastest way to confirm the most likely diagnosis? Is it A, culture on Savaron's auger, B, serology, C, wood lamp, or D, NAAT? First, diagnose the patient. This patient is presenting with multiple small, red, irregular, non-itchy, scaly patches. This could be a few things, including bacterial infections, autoimmune reactions, allergic reactions, etc. But the skin scraping helps point us to a fungal cause. Therefore, the most likely cause is a petriasis versicolor or tinea corpus. Since these lesions aren't itchy, the most likely diagnosis is petriasis versicolor. Choice A. Malazasia furfur cannot be cultured on Savaron's auger unless it is supplemented with olive oil. Either way, this would take several weeks to produce. Choice B, serology, won't typically work since Malazasia furfur is not an invasive organism. The immune system doesn't interact with the fungus. Choice C, the wood lamp is a specialized UV light that allows fungal organisms to fluoresce. Malazasia furfur will fluoresce yellow and tinea corporis will fluoresce green. Choice D, NAAT, would be faster than culture or serology, but not faster than the wood lamp. It still takes at least five hours to do a simple PCR. However, this type of testing isn't needed for Malazasia furfur. Therefore, the correct answer is C, wood lamp. A 21-year-old male presents to the clinic with a two-month history of skin discoloration on the upper chest, back, upper shoulder, and upper arms. Physical examination reveals areas of hypopigmentation with fine scaling that fluoresces yellow under a wood lamp. What is the most appropriate treatment? Is it A, topical corticosteroids, B, imidazole, C, calcipatrine, or D, selenium shampoo? First, diagnose the patient. This patient presents with lesions that are hypopigmented and scaly and fluoresce yellow under wood lamp. Therefore, the most likely diagnosis is petriasis versicolor. Choice A. Even though this is hypopigmented regions of the skin, the fact that this fluoresces points away from vitiligo. Vitiligo would not fluoresce with a wood lamp. Topical corticosteroids may help patients with vitiligo with repigmentation of their skin. Choice B, tinea corporis, is caused by an infection of dermatophytes. This might appear similar to Botryas' versicolor, but tinea corporis is typically very itchy and can be treated with imidazole. Choice C, calcipatrine, is a treatment for psoriasis. This is not psoriasis since psoriasis would not fluoresce under a wood lamp. Choice D, selenium shampoo or topical myconazole, is the recommended treatment for Botryas' versicolor. Therefore, the correct answer is D. Selenium Shampoo. You can find our study calendar, a guide on how to study microbiology specifically for the boards, our contact email address, and references used to make this episode at thebradleylab.wordpress.com. If you found an error or would like to discuss any of this information, please leave us a voice message in the show notes. If you appreciated this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend. This podcast was written and edited by me, Jillian Bradley. See you tomorrow.